strategy in place but your shiny logo ready to rock so how important is it to manage that launch what are the marketing opportunities that are going to be generated for you how will you tell your brand story and how important is that brand sign off before you hit that launch button we're going to discuss this and all of the tools that are required around a launch that we've come across. And something else is just generally, is it worth it? You know, at this point, what are the associated costs and benefits? Welcome to Brand Scran, a mini series brought to you by Divided by Brand. Brand Scran talks about brand strategy, and I've got an expert on this mini-series called Alistair Gladstone. And we're going to explore some incredibly valuable and some incredibly interesting topics to help you as a business owner understand more about the value that brand can bring to your business. Join me, Dan O'Cock, and Alistair, as we co-host this special five-part podcast mini-series, focusing specifically around topics involving brand, brand identity, and brand strategy. So here we are, we are on episode four of Brand Scran, and as always, I welcome to the show my co-host, Mr. Alistair Gladstone. Hiya, Dan. How are you doing? I'm, I'm better, actually. I mean, we were just talking there. We have, nobody would realise unless I brought it up, which I am, that uh, we, I had to postpone last week, didn't I? You were poorly sick. I was croaky. And it, it it didn't it wouldn't have wouldn't have really worked. Well, some people were saying, "Oh, you should do it. You sound all deep and husky." And I was like, "Nah, I just don't feel like doing a podcast." So we postponed it, didn't we? You 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 got to be a hundred percent. I think you got to be on your mark um, because um, people people want to be entertained, Dan. And I think you can only do that. And they want to be educated. You can only do that when you're feeling yourself pretty calm. I'll just flip it onto a brand perspective. I'll say I think people want continuity and consistency. Do you see what I did there? I did. I did. You <laughs> just mentioned one of the six aspects of, of brand optimization. So um, absolutely, yeah, it's kind of true. It, it's true. You know, who wants to go into episode th- episode four of Brand Scan and just hear a croaky part northerner, part Yorkshireman talk about brand when he's just been so clear cut up to that point? They're like, oh, no thanks. So we postponed it, but here we are bringing you episode four of Brand Scan and some really, I think this is one of the best episodes, some really good topics, Alistair, do you think? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. The um, the, the general um, domain that we're going to be in is 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 about launch, isn't it? So I think that we've mm-hmm. we, we've talked quite theoretically, quite conceptually so far. And I think today is going to be a bit more nuts and bolts. It's going to be well, okay. So we've you know we've agreed a new brand or a brand if it's you know for the start of that journey what do we do you know how, how do we how do we get this off the ground we've called it blast off and that's that's what we're looking to to help people do and it's the first episode title that doesn't really need an explanation alistair just needs an exclamation mark doesn't it i think a big one I've, yeah and i was contemplating changing our intro music to be europa the final countdown yeah, I mean, obviously that's a terrible song, so it'll be good if you didn't. 
I don't think we will. The copyright laws just would not like that. I suspect that might have been done before as well with that song as well. But we're not we're not we're not talking about cheesy eighties songs or is it in midnights? We're not talking about that. We're talking about blast off, but in the sense of um, when you're relaunching, rebranding your brand. So you've got everything you need in place you've worked with the right professionals um been through the right processes and you're all ready to rock so we're going to talk about um the importance of managing that launch and what kind of marketing opportunities will be generated by this rebrand this this branding exercise that you've been through so we'll talk a little bit about that we'll talk about the brand model telling the brand story um the critical or the criticality of sign off and the discipline that's definitely a bullet point that you came up with there alistair because i couldn't pronounce it um and how to launch your rebrand so the, the the various touch points that will come into play when it comes to your brand. So internal comms, external comms, the content, what kind of stuff you've got out there, the assets associated with your brand and being able to test and measure as you blast off, as you launch. So going back to that first topic, well, let's start this ball rolling and let's talk a little bit about, should we go for, I think we wanted to make sure that we covered the differentiation between a rebrand of an existing business and launching a new brand. Which should we which should we go with first, Alistair? Which should we have a chat about? Um I th- I think the 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 um the direction on this podcast so far has been largely about about rebrand really, hasn't it? You know, we we've, we've, we've kind of talked at length about that you know, being in being in the pub, um, coming up with an idea, launch. Let's get things underway. Four or five years hence, it's like, uh oh, what what happened? You know. So so, and I think that's fairly typical. You know, it, it's like people come up with that name um, on a fairly ad hoc basis, random basis. They come up with the logo and, and the pitch and all those sorts of things. And, and, and then, uh, you know, in, in order to move on from there, um, it, you know, there comes to the point where the brand optimization takes place because companies tend to, tend to you know, quite rightly, this isn't a critical thing, tend to concentrate on those more commercial things, you know, getting, get, getting a flow of product and service, getting cash in the bank, reinvestment, getting leads, converting leads, all, that's, all that kind of good stuff, you know. Um, so, so I think, I mean, most of the companies I work with tend to be tend to be rebrands. Um, rebrands, I must admit. Yeah. But that's not that's not to say that any of this is is any less um, germane for for organisations who are just starting out. A lot of it, you know, I, I work with businesses who are who already have um, people rather who already have businesses and look to launch something else, and they'll be a bit, little bit more savvy. Um, in that instance, they'll have learnt perhaps the right way to do things um, from previous experiences, and they can give more consideration to to branding from the start, and then then having something which is going to grow with them and be entirely consistent. So I'm I'm, I'm fairly comfortable in almost conflating the two, really. Um, yeah. Down. Okay then. And I think you're right. We'll keep this on point. And I do a lot of brand launches but I do do my fair share of rebrands as well. Um, But let's talk rebranding. And I I actually had a question that just popped into my head um, when you were talking there about the circumstances around a rebrand and when that comes comes about. And I know this kind of goes away from blast off, but do you ever get um, people arriving on your doorstep at rebrand stage um when it's when it's too late mm. like like have they missed the boat mm. the rocket have they missed the rocket I, I 
I think that partly what you're asking there is is about brand equity um, and and you know throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I, I think my personal opinion is that it's never too late to rebrand as long as the reasons have been well considered and. Um, you know the benefits you know the, the cost benefit analysis i suppose has been done um but that but that kind of rebrand doesn't necessarily mean we throw everything in the bin and we start again from scratch does it it may just be that we're taking things in a subtly different direction 10, 10 degrees to the left or 20 degrees to the right rather than a complete 180 about turn um and, and you'll see this I mean, if you were to look, as, as I often do, Dan, um, look, look back at, I don't know, the the, um, the logos of a car maker, for example. If you go back to the 70s of, I don't know, let's pick Renault. Let's pick yes. Renault. This, the, the 70s sort of logo that you would see on the front of a Renault car would have changed in the 90s, would have changed 10 years after and 10 years after that, and we'd probably get something which is still recognisable and I know we're just talking logos, which is one part of brand that's still recognizable. But if you were to put that 2021 logo next to the 1971 logo, they would look completely different. Um, so so there is something around, you know, these things can evolve over time rather than, um, you know, start again from, from scratch. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's important that any organization understands how much brand equity they have in the existing brand. And that will allow them under, to understand whether they want to rebrand completely um, or whether it's too late. I like that term brand equity. And I think it's not new in terms of a term, but um, it does help a business owner to um, get a sense of what they what they have as an intangible because brand often is something that as a business owner you go what <laughs> you know there are there mm. are the business owners that go, that just still presume it is a logo and some letter headed paper um because that's how your clients see you and um the brand asset side that work that you do with them and you can tell us a little bit more about it is is to help them understand what they've got um it's yeah do you mean do you get that awakening moment with people when when you start to look at what they have in terms of brand asset yeah um i, I mean we, we 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 kind of touched on this earlier to a degree when we talked about brand as an asset value you know it's not it as you're suggesting there dan it isn't something that you'll find on the PL, is it you know you can't you can't you can't put a financial figure against it as an asset but increasingly we would we live in a world where where brand has got a value and stronger brands are better valued by you know by the market by investors um or or, or whatever so um, so, so yeah, I mean that, that's that's sort of how I how I see that really. Is it one of the first things that you go through? I can't remember where it fits in with your process, Alistair. Because um, we were going to talk, we, one of the first things was to look at brand model and telling your brand story. Where does all of this fit into your own process when you're working with a rebrand? It's it's right at the start. I mean. A business will, they the, the won't need my services unless they think that something is is in need of fettling, in need of finessing, in need of um, of of of, um, of of looking at again. Um, but they might not know that that's, you know, exactly what that is. And and it, so if you have a business owner and they have a feeling that the story isn't breaking through. I'll hear that a lot. That customers don't get what it is that they do. I'll hear that a lot. So the kind of, you know, there are all these euphemisms for what you and I would recognize as brand that a business owner will just have a feeling about. And and, and right at the start, if you can sit down and, and if you remember, my process is, is, is quite research heavy at the start. So. Let's find out what stakeholders 
feel about the brand employees what you know what what is a business do we stand for you got a shrug of the shoulders or a roll of the eyes or a i don't know then 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 it's not cutting through they're your employees they're the first the first people who should know yeah you know who you are and what you stand for and what your story is um so, so i tend to approach that at the start of my process and and as i've probably said on this podcast it, you know i only really like to work with 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 clients that are open to, to be challenged and if they're open to challenge then you have to assume that kind of most things if not everything is on the table yep and that was in the last episode if you haven't um listened to it which i hope you have go back and listen because we did we did go into that in quite a bit of detail didn't we alistair we did we did hearing the things that you don't necessarily want to hear but you need to hear so that was a really good episode on that one so brand assets and then you briefly mentioned brand story there um how long do you spend when it comes to a rebrand if they haven't got a story or they're not clear on it like you were just saying when you're asking or, or talking to employees how long do you spend on that brand story? How in depth do you go with it? I've never had a case where the story isn't there. Um, now, what do we mean by story? It, it's, we're looking for, so I guess the sort of words that I would use when I'm thinking about story are authenticity and continuity and differentiation. Um, every, not everyone has got a really, really compelling story as to who they are, how they set the business up and what they're trying to do. But everyone has a unique story in terms of who they are and what they're trying to do. Everyone, every, every story of every business is slightly different and it's getting into that, you know, what that point of difference is and making sure that it's authentic, which it should be because it's coming from a business owner. And then, you know, I will find myself saying, so would it be fair to say that you had a bad experience, for example, with your previous employers and you wanted to do the same as them, but the right way? Oh, yes, they'll say, I didn't really think of it like that. But yes, okay, so let's start thinking about a brand story, which is about honesty and being genuine and trustworthy and all those types of things. So you can kind of tease tease things along from that conversation I, yeah I know exactly what you mean I'm, I was actually going to come at this topic from a slightly different angle it's not a, it's not a challenging angle or, or against what you're saying there but the reason I'm coming out from a different point of view is the rebrand project that I've recently done this uh, in the last 12 months was rather than it being a business that needed to rebrand they the business had bought another business and the rebrand was bringing the new business in line with an existing business sure have you ever done projects like that i haven't done projects like i haven't done a project like that if i think about it but so so what so did you have a, a kind of a parent and sibling situation there? or, or was Pretty it much, mm. yeah. Okay. But the real well, challenge, yeah, well, the real challenge, it, it, it was from the point of view that the, the sibling um, was very well established. So even though we're using that analogy of a sibling, they weren't a young sibling. They'd bought a business that had a significant amount of um, experience, like 30 years within that particular region. Um, And so it was bought quite strategically. Um, And the the, the challenge, it's it's, it's part of a longer plan this, but first of all, my challenge for them has been to bring that brand, uh, the new brand, sorry, visually, in line with the existing one. So I'm gonna, I mean, I'm coming at this brand story thing from, we've got to merge both, (laughs) which is a real challenge. Um, Visually, it was a real challenge to get them to 
look like they were part of the same um, group, essentially. Um, but just going back to story, and I, and I just and the reason I'd asked that was I was quite interested to see if you'd ever had it where you had two stories and you have to make one. But I think you've probably answered it. Yeah, I, I, I haven't in the way that you're describing, you know, that, that merger or acquisition or whatever it was. Um, but you do get you do get slightly different views. So, so if 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 I have a board of directors, if there's more than one owner um, or you know director, and it is absolutely the case that you'll get slightly different views of of you know what what makes us different, what makes us special and memorable and all those types of things and you do you do you know there is some merger that can go on there but uh, but but you can't go searching for these things because if you go searching for it it, it you'll you'll end up in a uh, you know a place which lacks authenticity and therefore that you know the brand isn't it's, it's you can't you can't optimize it yeah it's a tricky one hmm. so i know i feel like we've gone off a little bit off course but in terms of blast off and I want to bring it back onto this actual moment of here's your brand spent a lot of time invested a lot of money um, as well as time up to the point where you've got your shiny logo your set of well-defined style guidelines and identity and you've documented everything that you know, you would go through on your six pillars with, with the business. And it's like, it's all approved. All the graphics are there. How the hell do you launch your new brand? Where do you start? Do you ever go in? Where do you tell them? What do you advise when you hit that point? You, you just get all the members of staff in a room and play the final countdown by Europe, basically. <laughs> Naturally. Um, like the long version, you know, yeah. and, don't, and don't say anything and then leave. Um, that's what I find there. Uh, no, I think, um, well, so one thing that you just mentioned there was, was, was well, I think you were alluding to was a sign-off process. And I'm, I'm really big on this. You, you have to get, I mean, I know, you know, we don't meet customers as often as we used to, so you might not get ink on paper. But you have to get agreement across those, um, you know, across that board that, that this is where we are. So you, we have a brand model, let's sign it off. That brand, brand model contains, you know, just to reflect on that, contains our, our new brand values, contains the personality of the brand, tone of voice, it contains our core message and our strap line. Let's get this signed off because we don't get it signed off and if someone forgets it or you know changes their mind or whatever then the, the brand will be inconsistent because all of your marketing communications come from that brand model yeah. you don't have to sort of say exactly the same words all the time but you have to be able to trace the the, the, the dna of those words back to the brand model so getting that Getting that signed off is is absolutely critical. You can only communicate the brand with confidence if if we're all exactly on the same page. That's vital. Absolutely, and especially if there are more than one director in the business, so everybody's got to understand what what they're involved with. Um, what's the most you've ever had? in terms of a sign-off in number of people to get? Yeah, good question. Um, I'm, I'm working on a project at the minute where there is one business owner, but he's he's very much an egalitarian. So he wants, he wants um, you know, half a dozen members of, you know, senior members of his team to, to be involved in that sign-off process. Right. Um, but the other interesting thing about that, that client that I'm working with at the minute is that the the agency, so the marketing agency, so they're going to launch a new website and that website is being managed offshore and the copywriting is being done offshore as well. There are actually three continents being spanned with this 
particular project. And again, that's why the brand model's so critical. You know, a few number of words explaining very, very clearly where we are and what we do is is key when you know a, a, an organization is spread out like that or the stakeholders and the you know the marketing agencies and whatnot are spread out like that um yeah it, 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 it's it's so important you, you can you can write war and peace about these things and it'll just go over people's heads but if you can you know there's a reason why the brand model is succinct and it's the reason you know which, which lends itself to the coherency i think yeah i'm with you on that i've got a project um again this year rebranded and it spans i think three continents same as you so what i keep telling them and i i'm actually working with that client in a capacity of a brand director almost so i offer beyond brand where i will work with small teams when they've just rebranded to make sure that they are referring to that brand model yeah and that also um, spans down to the creatives as well so not just as that nagging brand bod in the background but visually checking things and making sure that they are what you know what were part of the original brand vision and the identity yeah. and i think those early phases for me i i say the first three months that's what I would minimum uh, look to work with in terms of like the beyond brand, as I say. Do you think those first three months are critical? Um, yes, I do. I think that, um, I mean, as far as, as, as brand launch is concerned, it, it can take, it can be a 12 month process. Let's, let's face it. If, if it's a, if it's an enterprise organization who have, multifarious touch points that need you know need need to be brought up to speed with the new brand and that that that's a you know, that's a heck of an auditing process that needs to take place to ensure that all of those assets are are, are brought up to speed so you know that that's quite a banal procedure i suppose in some respects you know, it is, it is, it is sort of administrative heavy, but it's really important because as we've discussed in this podcast, the marketplace doesn't need a, a second opportunity to get confused when there's inconsistency going on. Yeah. I think what happens in those first three months, what, what, what you've got to get right is the communication. Um, it's right to be inclusive about it, particularly with your employees, but it's also right to, um, as an owner of a business, you know, be firmly and clearly setting a strategic direction as far as brand is concerned, because that's your job as, as a business owner. Um, but, but you know, what, what tends to come first post, post sign off for me is that internal, internal um, communication process. I have had situations where we've had feedback at that, um, at that internal launch and, and we've refined things slightly and you know what that's absolutely fine particularly if it lends itself to that feeling of inclusivity what you're not yeah. going to do is to is to start again uh, from scratch because that means you've just got things entirely wrong when when, when you've been through the work <laughs> yeah. and we are we're moving nicely into that next part of when you launch and, and rebrand um the internal comms side of things um the, I mean, I was about to say, is there a right and a wrong way to go about it? And I think I would say that as long as you are as, as sympathetic and inclusive to everybody that's involved with that business, they should understand and ter in terms of internal comms. So I'm thinking like... You know, when the time is is, is right, uh, the brand is there, you roll it out and introduce it in the right way. Not just, you know, expect them to know what it is all about. It's like mm -hmm. it's, it's, that internal comms part is, is as much educating them what you've been through and where you're heading, do you think? Yeah, uh, it is. And what we have to remember is at this point is that 
there is a brand story to be told, isn't there? And we call it a story for a reason. Um, so, you know, at, at the point that we are ready to communicate um, the brand to all of our employees internally, let's say, we will have a brand story. So let's tell that story. Let's explain it. And if we've got that story right, it should resonate with everyone. People should be nodding their heads and they should say, oh, yeah, okay. You know, the, the words that you're using there are words that I think of when I think of this business. So, you know, that, that, should, that should be a very sort of harmonious set of circumstances because it should be authentic. Absolutely. And I think, excuse me, done in the right way, it can really open the doors for new, new parts of a culture to come out of the business. So we're going into brand culture, but I think at that moment where a rebrand happens and the employees are told about it, their own... I I welcome it. I would, if it was my business, I would welcome input and um, feedback from them because I've seen it where employees get really excited and they um, they welcome what's the change that's going on and they get all fired up and they want to share ideas more and they want to do stuff. And at that point, if you if your door is closed, then those people that are excited are going to get pretty hacked off straight away. But if you start going with the flow, then you're really, then you're getting into those, those realms of some culture that, that should really help you stand out internally. Do you think? Yeah, uh, definitely. I I think that um, the, the, the excitement should be there. And I mean, I've seen it with the sales sales staff sales guys do you know what i mean it's like yeah it's like christmas it's christmas for them isn't it oh, we've got a new website i can tell people <laughs> about this i'm gonna have pride in 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 bringing my prospects to the website and talking about our values and you know it's like you're giving them a script aren't you and and that's just like i say that that's manna from heaven for for, for a sales team if if a sales team isn't excited and motivated at the point of rebrand, then something is wrong. We've got the brand wrong, and we've got the sales team wrong. Yeah, one of, one that, of those two things. You're right, and it's usually the first. I think that's the first and biggest uh, impact that a, a rebrand has um, in that area of, of a of a business, because they're the guys who work with marketing who can suddenly get their can suddenly see see what they've got that's new and get their teeth into it. Um, And, but that's at the point as well where some people can make a right pig's ear out of it and not do it correctly. And that comes back to the, you know, to rolling things out and um, referring back to that brand model, because if you don't interpret it right, you, you, you could end up with, brand 2.0 which you shouldn't have at all it should just be the brand model Uh, these little renegade that's what i'd call them renegade brand stroke marketing ideas that they come up with like whoa 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 whoa. what are you doing that's not that's not a brand model that's just you getting carried away in canva (laughs) do you know the type of thing i mean yeah I've, i've got a solution for this um, and it's what I call the brand police. So I've got a like a bat phone downstairs on in the right. office, which is which glows red when someone rings up, and basically it's someone grassing up someone for 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 a misuse of a logo. They call the brand police, and we arrest them and throw them in brand prison. Um, so yeah, that you know, don't don't worry about those renegades. They can be solved. That those problems can be, can be solved. Yeah, but, I but, think it's but, just to be wary it, of it, isn't it? it being serious, it, it it shouldn't happen. You know, if, if your communications are right, if the brand guidelines are in place. So I'm sure you work very closely from a creative point of view with brand guidelines. Presumably, Dan, you will leave your clients with 
the do's and the don'ts, presumably, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but visual uh, references to steer them anyway. So if they if they work with an external supplier, um, that supplier will have seen in their brand, their brand model, their brand book, as I would give them uh, visuals for how that how they should produce their social media posts. So if it's a text only one, go down this route. If it's got a photograph, try this route. You know, so that they they have visual steer there, and they're not just. I think there's a danger of doing too much, but there's a danger of also giving them too little. When I've seen brand guidelines that have um, just colours and fonts, and that's okay to a point, but that gives some that gives a designer not a lot of steer, uh, and they can go off on their own little tangent. But they won't know. They won't have had that input just to keep them you know, right. on the right track. So yeah, there's there's. Mm-hmm visual ways to be able to make sure that that brand's communicated just just go back to that, that we're talking there about um teams within an organization the sales team being an, an obvious example i tell you it might be a surprise but but one function of an organization that rebranding can really support is hr is is people teams as they're known these days and that might sound a little bit incongruous but if i explain if a business hasn't hasn't really elucidated their company values until this point but of course as we said in the last podcast your your brand values should be your company values because your brand represents your company Equipping an HR team with a set of values for the first time is, is such a powerful moment because that then gives something which can inform their recruitment process, their one-to-ones, their appraisals, their staff surveys. You know, all of these things, you know, why, why, why you know, you've got all the skills in an interview to come and work for us. How can you demonstrate that you'll be able to work within the parameters of our our brand values. You know, this is a question that can be asked at recruitment, uh, sorry, at interview for the first time. And and that's a really powerful thing. So brand can be a a real sort of, it can be an anchor, it can be a bring it together of of all of these departments. It can be an excitement, exciting thing for the sales team, but it can be a a kind of a, a, you know, a really sort of bringing together moment for, for, for other, departments like HR as well. Yeah, I hadn't actually thought about it from that angle before. And I think now that you've said it, my brain goes into the bigger scale um, companies. So the ones that you just said when they have HR, that they can, they, they should know whoever they bring into that business will have been chosen, not wholly on values, but they certainly should have an eye or an ear for that when they're doing, you know, interviewing. I think that's, I like that angle actually. Yeah. HR. Get, if you've not, if you're listening and you're in HR and your business doesn't give you brand values, give us a call. Do it. Get in touch. <laughs> no, it's true. And and this is it the is. thing with, with, with brand though, Alistair, is that, we could probably sit and pinpoint every department within a business and have that have that exact same conversation because it's built off brand and if you if it's not built off brand then it's because you're not aware of your brand it's just so important it's it's everywhere through every aspect of the business it is. It is. The, the, the business is the brand and the brand is the business. The two things are, are, are you know, assimilated, um, which is why I was saying before, you know, forget about going to the market and asking what, does, what do you think we stand for? What do you think our brand stands for? Ask your employees. If, if they can't tell you, then the market can't tell you. And and you need to redouble your efforts around around communication. Um, and just on this, I mean, it's it's a slight tangent, I suppose, but it is something I want to pick up on. And, and it's a bit meta um, in some respects, but the, the process of rebranding, of launching a new brand is in itself 
entirely marketable. It's a really, really marketable thing. You can get, and I, I see this happen a lot, so much traction from social media from the very fact that you've been through a rebranding process. It, it yeah. will generate conversation. It will generate discussions on social media and forums and whatnot, and it will generate interest and leads if you're proud of the work that's been done and what has emerged out of the end of that work in terms of the you know the the, the pictures and the words you know then then that in itself is entirely marketable so go to town you know why wouldn't you want to want to go to town with that absolutely and the right marketing people the right marketing team um brought into a rebrand process will feed off that and should be able to come up with um, sympathetic campaigns around the rebrand. They should be planning, in my eyes, what they're going to do to to capitalise on it, um, you know, at that moment and beyond, you know, for at least the first year, two years, depending on what they're doing. The The right marketing people will just... They love a good rebrand, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you make a great point. I, you know, I, this this project will have been will be owned by the marketing team if there is a marketing team, won't it? Um, and therefore, they should be the best people the, the best people possible for, for for campaigning, for shouting about it, and getting that getting that interest. You know, marketers love doing that, but marketers increasingly love generating leads you know the, the the there's no longer a gap between what marketing does what sales do that the two overlap and therefore if there's an opportunity to generate some leads um then then you know marketing teams should be hungry for that so this is all under how to launch um how to re how to launch your rebrand your new brand so we've done a bit of internal comms but external comms content assets or content and then assets. What kind of what kind of stuff are we getting in line when it comes to our brand content? I know I've got from a design perspective that content would be anything and everything um, associated to that brand. So it could it'll be logos, it'll be text as well. So that they'll have a tone of voice that they'll be following. So there'll be content to have um, associated with that. There'll they'll, they'll be photography. There might be new photography to take. I guess this kind of goes into a little bit about assets as well in terms of the logos themselves. There will be different variations. Um, I'll let you do your little bit on that one else because I've got a follow-on after that. But yeah, the, the content and the assets for you, what's that encompass? Um, I So for me, so in my world, content can be one of four things. It can be photographs, videos, it can be the written word, or it can be a podcast. Um, now, w- webinars are in there as well somewhere, aren't they? Of course they are, but, but it, you know, they are the four main cornerstones of, of, of content in my world, um, I think. And um, each of them have got, I guess, podcasts, you know, are growing that maybe seem to be peripheral sort of right now, but obviously it's a, it's a you know, quickly growing medium. Yeah. Um, but all of those, all of those sort of um, four areas of content, content have got a, a job to play as, as far as those announcements are concerned, as far as launch and blast off is concerned. Um, and you should be using them all because people digest their information in different ways. So some people would would you know balk at the idea of reading a fifteen hundred word blog, but they'd be quite happy to sort of stick a podcast on before they go to bed, or 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 engage on a more subliminal level with the you know the the on brand photography, which is um, which has been done in in order to to support the new brand. Absolutely. Now, <clears throat> I wanted to just raise this point because um, the heading was sort of how to launch your brand. Under content and assets, when it 
when an organization is of a certain size and i say that picturing in my mind a business that is big enough to need its own marketing team so that team probably would have at least two people let's say a marketing manager and a marketing assistant or you know at least two people involved when it comes to launching the brand and managing the content and managing the assets i believe that there are tools and systems that they should embrace to make that job easier but also to make sure that the brand itself is is managed um, effectively so there's a think of like a the, the cloud based idea that files exist in one place as a master set of files so this is the design perspective side of things Alistair mm-hmm. there is one version of that logo for use on full color brochures there's also a black logo for one color versions but that logo exists in one place it's the most up-to-date version so that if anybody needs it it's there it's not on john's machine at home because he signed it off it's not on mary's machine because she had the last copy and she changed the little u in the middle and that and all that no the latest version from the designer exists on this on the cloud where all the other master files um, and references to colors fonts the style of photography how you should apply that exists in one place so mm-hmm. that that marketing team person manager even um is able to share that as a reference and as a um a, a point of of call to anybody an external supplier, an internal designer who needs to get their hands on something. So her job becomes easier because when, um, and I'll give an example for a marketing manager who was managing a national theatre production. So they were rolling out the the show across the whole of the UK. Mm -hmm. We did... We came up with the logo, the identity, but also the literature, literature. So we, all of a sudden you have 10 venues up and down the UK who want to produce posters to go outside their theatres. Okay, well, I need a logo for this poster. I need to know what, you know, how how did that, should I put the photograph on there and the font? Now the, that, those type of questions, when it comes to a marketing manager, it would generally be asked to, to them that market manager would come back to the brand board and then that would go back down the, the chain of command. But with a, with the right asset and content management platform, all they have to do is share a link to this little hub mm-hmm. that shows them what they need and how it should be applied. And nobody gets bogged down with an email string of 30 emails explaining it. So I just wanted to put that in because some people don't understand that there are tools and platforms out there that can really help you do your job better and manage your brand more effectively. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I've come across um, I've come across this called, uh, well, from a campaign point of view, campaign in a box. All right. So, so this is this is kind of a porte approach isn't it where you've got maybe um you know representatives in your sales channel so your dealers or your your stockists and and it's it's idiot proofing really isn't it it's saying look yeah go, go into this file on the cloud um and in it you'll find those assets we've already got them ready for a an email header we've got them ready for a an advert on your website, we've got them ready for a Facebook post or whatever it is. And, and and it is this kind of campaign in a box approach, which reduces the possibility of people, you know, of, of, of the brand police phone ringing, quite yeah, frankly. It is. And arrest it being them. made. It does. And when it comes to launching your brand, and if it is of that scale, I do find tools like that 
do definitely help. Um, yeah. And they help with ease the pressure on those marketing managers if they're not already aware of those type of tools. So I thought it'd be worth just mentioning that in there. Uh, for, certainly from my point of view, I found that they work really well when it comes to, to launching that brand. I think, Alistair, we, I do want to squeeze this in right at the end. But I'm looking at our time and we, we've got time for this. But can we have a little chat about the cost of branding? It's a bit of a taboo subject. Like nobody, that's the one that everybody waits with holding their breath to hear what the rebrand cost's going to be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, um, and it's it's a hard one to quantify, isn't it? Um, the, yeah, the, the intangible of yeah. how much is the rebrand? Yeah, and you know what? I, I I often I don't get asked. I must admit. I mean, people will people ask you how much you charge for your service. They'll ask me how much I charge for my service. But what they tend not to think about is, hmm, okay, we're then going to have to update all of our assets. We're going to have to launch campaigns around it. It's gonna it's going to be something that might warrant some some paid advertising um, as well and I, I, I tend to find that I don't get asked those questions um, and the answer is well it's as you know it, it's as it's as big or as little as you want it to be you know um, nevertheless um, if budget does allow then this is a great opportunity for some fantastic PR because why because it's going to going to tell the world that we're we're forward thinking that we're bothered about these things that we've taken sound bites from from customers from suppliers from employees and we're, we're doing something about it so i would say this wouldn't i but the more that the, the, the more budget that is available to you know make this um make this sort of resonate with people on you know right across marketing channels then then the better we're missing an opportunity if we don't yeah i i mean i like you i have my product i have my process that i go through um so where i tend to to explore cost with a client is i want to try and help them quantify it in a way what I'll generally try to find out is like the longer ambition, the long-term ambition or where they actually want to be um, in say five years, if they have a five-year plan, or perhaps it's a short-term plan. Perhaps the rebrand is to attract an investor in the next 12 months. And I'm, by asking those type of questions um, and finding out, take the investor one, for example, what how much is that investor worth how much do you want them to put into the company and what will that mean to the business because we're a bit british no one really likes to talk about figures but i think if you can pin a figure on something you have to pin that figure on something in order to say well actually you know the forty thousand pounds we're about to invest in the rebrand means we're going to be in line for 12 million quid's worth of investment in the next year, which is then going to tease up for a five-year exit plan and selling the business for 50 million. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I always try and be strategic in how, to find out how that business uh, plans to go ahead at plans to go from that rebrand what will it what will it mean to them where will they get to and what will they be doing because really if their plan is to um i don't know let's i'm trying to think of another i'm not going to do me another another bad example fish sweets please see episode two <laughs> but <laughs> the the you know that's a scale the scale of the rebrand um 
and the budget for the rebrand, it does have to be, it has to be quantifiable. So if you get your goal is to increase to a certain level of sales, then it's important to discuss that, I think, very early on. It's, it's an essential part of the discovery phase. Um, you know, where, 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 do you, where do you see, I mean, I know it's a cliche, but where will the business be in five years time? But just as important as that is, where, where do you see yourself in five years time? You know, what yeah. personal aspirations um, do you have? I, I know a business coach that I used to work with would talk about, hey, every business should be quote unquote finished in seven years and what they mean by that is in a position to be in control of what you want to do with that business after seven years um doesn't mean that growth is going to stop it just means that you don't need to be part of that growth because you know things are established and process is in place so i agree with what you're saying dan i think it's if those questions aren't being asked at the discovery phase, which is right at the start of this process, yeah. to podcast episode one, then then some, something's not right because there has to be a congruence in between what we're trying to achieve here and, and what the, the business outcomes are. And I think I'd say that if you're listening and perhaps in that stage at the moment where you're planning ahead for the future or you're saying to yourself, well, things aren't, performing how I want but I will be looking at trying to improve that performance um, you know and brand is going to come under the, the microscope then get in touch because we that's exactly what we do we want to get we want to involve your brand people as early as possible there you go yes I agree because because the further down the line you get the more detective work we have to do is that a fair comment it is yeah um it's it's a it's it's a two-way street though isn't it <clears throat> yeah. it's not just a case of of us being there but it's a case of 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 um us, us needing to deal with honesty authenticity and and you know people that are open to challenge yeah and and you'll i know you'll be the same as me Alistair, when i'm handpicking the clients that i need to make sure that People aren't concealing little things as well. Like we have to be open with each other. And um, certainly when it comes to the, the cost and the associated cost and benefit of that, I just have, to, I mean, I, I just explain exactly how it is and what's involved and the cost from my side. Um, and I'd want to hear back as much as somebody's prepared to give, you know, you don't have to, I just don't want to hear um, a bundle of lies um, it's important to be open, I think, especially when it's a brand. It'll show, it'll come out in the wash, as they say. Mm-hmm. It will absolutely. The market has a uh, an acute way of, of of finding out if 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 you know if, if anything hasn't been honest. And, and you know, again, just reflecting on the brand optimization tool, honesty is one of those six cornerstones, isn't it? And, and, and it's there for a reason. It is. And I think given that honesty is a nice word, I'm going to use it for wor- the word of the episode, completely oh. completely coined a new element of brand squand there. Um, I think it's a nice note to end on. Um, we've covered we've covered a lot. We've come up to the hour mark and we've already said that even at an hour, it's a lot for people to take in. Is there anything that you want to add in before I kind of round things off, Alistair? No, other than to say the the uh, so I've learned a lot from from you talking about that uh, kind of the management and the assets and you know the, the process and the tools which are available that 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 is that's in, enlightening and I think it's absolutely the right way to, to be going. No, I agree. It's um, if you can get it in place, it certainly helps. So as we come to this end, I will just say that, you know, if you've been listening and you do want to get in touch with us, there are links in the show notes. So you can get in touch with myself 
or Alistair for any kind of band related issues we can follow us on social media and if you haven't listened back to any of if you kind of dropped in on episode 4 you, you can listen to these in, in uh, isolation but go back and have a listen to episode 1 and catch up because they're recorded as a bit of a mini series and things kind of fit into place better when you listen to things in order um, so on that note it's I guess goodbye from me and goodbye from him I, there's nothing else that you need to add in there Alistair no I, I love that classic two Ronnie sign off we'll just leave it there I think. good stuff alright Alistair we'll speak to you next week cheers Dan <laughs> <laughs>